Hey everybody, it's your boy Davis from ConFreaksAndGeeks.com, and boy do I have a surprise for you. As you know, Shenmue 3 is coming out finally, after years of waiting, it is finally coming out on the console systems, and we are hyped for it. So hyped, in fact, that we actually had a chance to go out and talk to the amazing Corey Marshall. Corey Marshall is the awesome voice actor who is the main uh, the main voice, Rio, from the Shenmue series. And uh, we had a great opportunity to talk to him casually and just see, just picked his mind of like his career and everything. So my editor, Will, and Nicole came, went out and had an awesome time picking his mind. So the good news is we got some great audio uh, from this interview, and it's a really cool a really cool opportunity uh we just kind of got a little carried away and uh we made this thing way longer than it should be so instead of scripting it we decided to just make it an, a special podcast episode of its own like a standout since we were at a restaurant the audio is a little bit it's a little bit noisy but it's still very good quality uh so we do apologize for that but you'll be able to still listen to this cool interview and i definitely advise folks to check it out if you if you are big fans of the shed Moose series and the voice actors and the wonderful talents that are part of it so without further ado here is the interview of with Corey marshall it's actually really interesting because your career has spanned like a really long time you've gotten into voice acting like 20 years ago um what got you into voice acting um so it's kind of an interesting, it's a little bit of an interesting story. I was in college at the time, and I was studying dance. And um, uh, I had been involved in um, TV and movie, uh, a lot of stage work and stuff like that. And uh, when I came around to the college time, I thought, well, do I, do I really want to go to college for acting? Uh, when there's so many people just like, I just I just felt like it was hundreds of thousands of people were applying every year to go to college for acting and it's like oh, maybe I'll do something that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm also pretty good at and uh, and do dance so I ended up um, taking dance really seriously for a while ended up uh, auditioning getting into uh, a couple of really good colleges um, and then I ended up going up to uh, SUNY Purchase in New York because they gave me a really good scholarship. And uh, so I spent my time. So so basically moved to New York and started living and dancing there full time. But um, there was uh, a publication called The Backstage and it has... Um, lists of auditions that are going on and I was just looking to see what was available looking for a little extra work looking for a little extra money and um, saw that there was just the tiniest little little square of um, um, audition for video game two to three months in Japan um, and that was it really just the tiniest little article and I thought well Sure. <laughs> I, you know, I've been acting for a long time, and um, I love video games. And really, the the two to three months in Japan is what really gave me that. Yeah, that really sounds fun and interesting. That would be great if I could get that and actually live in Japan. And so, yeah, I just kind of 
went in and didn't really didn't really have any voiceover experience at all and uh, so really Shenmue like you said 20 years ago was the first experience I ever had first audition I ever had and I remember thinking too when I went in there um they gave, they gave me a very rough idea about the character and about the game because it's a little secretive. They don't want you to really know too much about it. It's, you know, you haven't really signed any NDAs or anything like that yet. So um, they gave me just a very uh, brief uh, character description. And so I said, okay. So I just actually I just decided to do it just almost my normal voice, you know. And uh, you know very very Japanese way there's I, I kind of did my lines and then there's just silence on, on the other side nobody really said anything or did anything and I kind of thought like do they need anything else you know do they want anything else and I even asked them I was like do you want me to do anything with my voice I can do different characters higher lower I can do something completely different and they're like no 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 that's good uh thank you <laughs> you know and I was like oh man okay well, I I guess maybe uh, they, they were just definite no, mm-hmm. you know, so I left. Um, and I thought, ah, oh, it was my first voiceover audition. Maybe I should have started out with something real different and they could be like, oh no, bring it down or do, you know. I just thought, well, whatever. It's my first experience. I didn't know what I was doing. I guess I'll just chalk it up to next time. Mm-hmm. Two days later, they ended up giving me a call back and said, oh, hey, we'd love you to come back. And I thought, really? <laughs> Seriously? Okay, all right. So, came back, um, they, g- they gave me a little bit more information about uh, game's history, who the character was, uh, I think they talked about, um, um, they talked about how he, his father was a martial artist and uh, they, uh, you know, he's been teaching, uh, teaching his son and then there's some, I, I can't remember exactly what they said. They, they, again, didn't give me a whole lot, but gave me a bit more. And um, I thought, okay, great. Um, and I said, yeah, do you want me to do anything else? You know, because I, I didn't get anything last time. I was, try- I was racking my brain trying to figure out what they need. And they said, well, you know, the character's 18. If you could make your voice just slightly, just the slightest bit higher. I said, okay, fine. So I tried doing just that, just bringing it up one pitch. And again, it's just like silence, just nothing on the other side. No, no, thank you. That was great. That, uh, or could you do it again? Or what? just complete silence. And, um, and, uh, yeah, they're like, okay, thank you. <laughs> and, and again, I, I left and I, it's, I found out that, um, I think I found out after I had gotten to Japan that, uh, that Yu Suzuki was in the room at that time for the second, for the second audition. So they had, they had done a bunch of cuts and they had, they had him in the, in the oh box gosh. and of course in New York he, a lot of the rooms are kind of um, 
you know, react, 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 react repurposed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it was just like this tiny window in this booth that was like this big, and I, you know, you can't. It, it was tilted, and reflected. You couldn't see anything. So again, I, I was I wasn't getting anything from anybody. And then yeah, I found out that Yu Suzuki was in the room at the time. And, uh, and and again, they didn't tell me anything. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Japan, they said, "Well, we really wanted somebody that 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 Yu Suzuki just liked the voice. Mm -hmm. They didn't want anybody to do anything different. They didn't they didn't want to have to to work mm -hmm. basically because you know you're going to be in the recording studio all day every day, all day every day. Mm -hmm. They wanted to almost just be as natural as possible." And so I happened to be just luckily that Yuzuki liked the sound of my voice, uh, like like how I did the character, and that's also a bit of a discussion because people talk about how I do the character. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, I mean, people talk about that endlessly. <laughs> but um, he liked how I did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, when they first described the character to me, they talked about him being uh, a young martial artist on a mission. He's very focused. Uh, he he has he has a very he has something very important for him to accomplish, and so yeah, I, I thought like okay, somebody who's really focused, almost like you know, almost oh. automaton, almost maybe like uh, you know, he's he's not gonna he's gonna be like he's gonna be like Spock, you know, he's gonna he's he's solely focused on what he has to do. So that's how I chose to do it. Again, he liked he liked how I did it for some reason, and that's. That's what we're, we're, we're stuck with. <laughs> well, I think you have a great voice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's a very smooth voice. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what was your reaction when Chimu 3 was announced? And how did you get involved? Yeah, you know, um, I actually found out the same way everybody else did. Um, when they did that announcement at E3, right? Um, so, <sighs> it's kind of a funny story. I told it a couple of times, but... Um, for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, um, I was coming home with my daughter at the time. And, um, you know, I had a bunch of things in my hand. Uh, I, I, who knows? I had, like, some of her stuff, maybe some of my stuff. And as I was coming home, my phone started to just explode. You know, just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I thought... Okay, uh, well, you know, probably something really bad has happened, you know? Uh, maybe family member, hope oh, not. No. Let's hope it's not another 9-11, what's going on? Um, and I thought, maybe it's Shinmu news. Something <laughs> awesome happened with Shinmu. Because I knew E3 was going on mm -hmm, here, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, there's always rumors too, right? There's always rumors, and I and I remember there were a couple of rumors happening before E3, but I, I didn't pay too much attention to it as I as I usually do. I'm like, mm, that'd be awesome, but I'm not gonna put too much salt into it. Um, but when I I'm kind of like fumbling with my keys, trying to get into the door and everything. But my wife opens the door and has her iPad in her hand, and she kind of looks at me like. Did you hear? <laughs> and that was the moment I thought, oh. And I asked her, I was like, is it Shenmue? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and so we ended up watching the uh, the announcement and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was such a big secret mm -hmm. that they didn't tell anybody. 
um, including me uh, and anybody else that I knew who was previously involved in the project as well also didn't know about it. So I, I was just as uh, happy and surprised as everybody else because um, I'm actually a fan of the game. Like, I, I love the game. I love playing the game. And I... And I also want to continue the story just, just so I can see what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, when it was first released, I thought, oh, great, we get to finish the story. Oh, and I get to work again. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? So... Um, and I had I, uh, I had been taking time off anyway uh, to be with my daughter, to be with my family. And uh, when they announced it, I thought, oh, this will be a pretty good time, you know, pretty good time for me to get back in it again. My daughter's a little bit older. Um, I just, I don't know, I thought it was uh, very fortuitous. I don't know, it's, it's, it's great, great timing for me and my life and everything else. So. That's and and they it's funny they they had they for some reason hired a voice actor and I don't know where they got this guy mm -hmm. when they did the announcement if you remember they actually had um, some video of it mm -hmm. they actually hired a guy who sounded like me which I thought was interesting huh. and um, I, 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 I wish I knew who this guy was you know what I mean because they uh, they obviously had him listen to me mm -hmm. try to emulate what I did uh, with Hazuki and um, uh, and then they just called me uh, very soon afterwards it was probably just a few days and said hey you probably heard Shenmue 3 was coming out we'd love to have you be a part of the project again and that was another thing too. I was thinking, oh, are they going to use this guy? Is he like a Japanese local talent? Did they find somebody? I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll do it. You know. <laughs> um, but they ended up calling me and uh, yeah, letting me know that they'd love to have me, love to have me back, which was just uh, you know, fantastic. Again, I love being a part of the project. I love Shenmue. I love um, just you know having the opportunity to be a to be a part of something that I actually. Uh, love and appreciate is, is such an honor for me so um, yeah I was I was happy that they called me but I just thought that, that was interesting that they yeah found yeah because when you look at the video I don't know if you have looked at it yeah, recently yeah. Mm -hmm. but um, yeah that, that whoever the actor was sounds a lot like yeah it, I, I thought that was you yeah we yeah. thought it was you <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, again, maybe because it was such a big secret, they didn't want to let me in on it either. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they just found somebody maybe who didn't know what the project was. Or, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what the, what the thought process was? Uh, because I'm not privy to that. But um, yeah, uh, that was all just uh, fascinating to me. And I found out the same way everybody else did. Um, you mentioned your daughter like, essentially finding out alongside you um, and where we learned that she's actually a part of the project as well. Can you tell us how yeah. that came about? Yeah. So uh, my daughter Katana is also an actress. Um, she's very, you know, we're so lucky that she's very smart and she's very talented so she can do so many things in life anywhere she really wants to go in life she can um, but uh, she sees dad doing some stuff and so she thinks it's fun and interesting so she has been doing acting as well she's done uh, several uh, short films and things like that she's done several commercials some, some pretty big commercials and um, she's done some stage work and shows so she really likes it as well 
And um, when they were doing the project, I thought, oh, wait, there's kids. There's always kids in this. And I mentioned to uh, the director, I said, hey, um, maybe my daughter could audition because she's an actress as well. And let, me, let me know what you think. Um, if you think that she might be able to, to be in the project, this would be her first voiceover project as well. She's, she's done several things before. She's, she's done lots of on-screen stuff, but mm -hmm. she's never done anything on a microphone. And I said, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's give her some lines and have her audition and see how we, how we like it. Yeah, sure enough. They, uh, she's, she's really good. Um, like I said, she's really fast. She's really smart. So when the, uh, words are coming up on the screen, it, it, probably people can imagine that being voice actor is really different than being um, uh, an actor on, on television, right? Because when you're a television actor or a, t or a movie actor, whatever, you have your script beforehand, you memorize your script, you go in that day and you do that scene, you do that scene 12 different ways, and you're doing the same lines, you know? But when you're doing voiceover for video games or animation or whatever it might be, the first time you're seeing the script, it's when it's scrolling up mm -hmm. the screen, you know? So uh, usually, most of the time, you would have to get an older actor to play younger, and that just happens all the time. So there's lots of great people out there who can play 12-year-old boys, no matter who they are, you know? Mm -hmm. um, um, so uh, you just need somebody who has the, uh, the capability to do that. And yeah, like I said, my daughter's really smart. She's a fantastic uh, reader. Her vocabulary is off the charts compared to most of her <laughs> friends. And, um, and so, yeah, she's able to process that information. When it's rolling up, she can read it. She can translate it into that scene so she can act off of those words. And yeah, it worked out great. So. Shinmu ended up being my first voiceover project, and it ended up being my continues. daughter's yeah. first voiceover project. And maybe well. your grandchild will be. I know. I know right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Legacy. Let's hope it doesn't take that long to, to finish, finish the project. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, is that it took 20 years from one to three. So my daughter's 10 now, so she could be 30 by the time we're done with the project. <laughs> I hope not, but we'll see. That's good, that's good work for you guys, right? Yeah. Right. We'll take it. But yeah, since it's been 20 years, like, what's the difference between recording Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 3? So um, Shenmue 1 and 2 we did in Japan. Mm -hmm. And... Um, over at Sega headquarters, they have the, these really marvelous uh, studios, really large. And um, something that they like to do there that we don't necessarily do here, sometimes they'll get multiple actors in the same room at the same time, and they have uh, multiple microphones set up, so that's really cool. Um, uh, it just it's just unheard of here there's there's just not enough time not enough money not enough you know everything it's just not uh, it, it, it's just it, it's not cost effective to do it that way here in the states we just we get the parts we do all those parts and you know a lot of times uh, a single actor would do multiple characters within uh, anime or whatever mm -hmm. right um, well, I mean, it's the same there, but the thing is, is that you're lucky if you get that translation or that other actor, you know, in your ear. Um, and over there, it was great. I love going in with uh, Paul Lucas or Eric Kelso on the same day, you know what I mean? We'd hang out together, we'd have lunch together, we would go into the studio and record our scenes together. 
<laughs> that was great. You know, I, as as uh, as an actor who does um, uh, on screen and uh, and theater, I I really uh, you know I really kind of crave that because it's like you get to you get to see what they're doing, how they're acting, you get to react off of that. Um, and that kind of helped me with Shenmue 3 now because, I, of course, I remember how those characters did it before. We have a completely new cast, but I know that we're kind of still going off of that old, mm-hmm. uh, especially those like legacy characters that people know. Some of these uh, older characters are going to return, uh, whether it be um, you know on screen or whatever. There's, there's been some talk about that. Can't reveal that yet, but mm-hmm. uh, as as people know, there will be some some legacy characters coming mm-hmm. back. Um, but yeah, here, uh, of course, since it's 20 years later, there's a lot more technology involved. Um, pardon me, all of the uh, board mixing and all that kind of stuff is instantaneous. The editing is really, really fast because they can do on the fly editing and then send that massive amount over to somewhere else to have have the minute editing done mm-hmm. but uh, oh I just mentioned the screen as well right the screen is all digital now because mm-hmm. back in the day they used to give me a script like that thick every day you know? <laughs> it was like reading a phone book mm-hmm. um, and but uh, you know another thing too is that We didn't have, uh, we did have, um, I, I guess I should say we did have some strict uh, time constraints, but it wasn't that much of an issue now. I think, again, because they're able to change things uh, digitally mm-hmm. uh, a lot easier. Uh, I remember back in the day um, when it was already recorded in Japanese, I think uh, they had to keep the time constraint to. Uh, uh, to what was already built mm-hmm. the, I remember they were able to change the lip flap but that was about it you know what I mean I, I, once once it was on screen they said okay that's it it's almost like anime right when 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 you're when you're recording anime it's already animated so you have to maybe even change the script sometimes to have your lip flap match or uh, and that's it like once this character speaks then this character speaks and you have to you have to go back and forth that way and that's how the actors have to do it and it was a little bit more like that I if I'm remembering correctly back for Shenmue 1 and 2 than it was this time mm. like I said I think they're able to change things a little bit uh, you know digitally a lot easier today that's the only thing I can think about that's awesome um, so were you given any power to give feedback on your lines as you're like doing them um, well, um, you know, Shinmu's pretty famous for some interesting lines, right? <laughs> um, and I remember kind of having those discussions before on Shinmu 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, wow, you know, some of these lines really just, it sounds a little strange, especially for an American ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... We all we all know about sailors and all that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, and we we would have those discussions back in the day about like, hey, this sounds a little weird. It sounds like he's looking for a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not that he's looking for bad guys. It's looks yeah. yeah. So we had to kind of talk about that. Um, at this time, it was definitely a lot easier. 
uh, and it was and it was easier to change the, the the language or the script as well because again with it being digital you just go in there you make the change if there's any tiny little tweak that you have to do mm-hmm. or if something maybe didn't fit because we're talking about the, the 1980s you know, mm-hmm. if they if they if they this didn't happen so anybody who thinks that this is happening it didn't but i'm just saying if somebody said uh lol yeah i mean that didn't that didn't exist back in the 1980s right so they would take that out and then they would say you know hot or whatever yeah you know that didn't happen yeah but i'm just saying (laughs) if something like that happened maybe a piece of language that didn't exist in the 1980s or something like that was Mm -hmm. was in there we might be able to tweak that just a little bit easier we made just very very minor adjustments um and, uh, you can, what's great is that you can do alts as well mm-hmm. um, so you have um, so you have the original line I'm like oh well, let's, let's give them that alt just to make sure that's also easier today as well it just seems like it was just a lot smoother and I think it's just because how, how digital everything is today um, but I, we, as far as I know, uh, the English voice director here definitely had a bit more freedom um, to to sort of change things up to make it a little bit more natural sounding. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a balancing act that we have, right? Mm-hmm. We want it to be like Shenmue. We want it to sound like Shenmue, mm-hmm. but we, you know what I mean? Like we're just kind of knocking off the rough edges a little yeah. bit, I think. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. not we're not doing a direct translation mm-hmm. like like we did in Shenmue one and two. Um, but we're we still want to get that Shenmue flavor, that Shenmue feel. We still want it to be uh, for anybody who's played those games and loved them back in the past because they are a little quirky. Yeah. We still want that, right? Right. But at the same time, we're just, you know, just a little bit of refinement, you know, just just kind of making it, um, uh, you know, just, just a bit more smooth. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the kind of balancing act that, we, that we, we're kind of going back and forth a little bit. And Bill Black and I were kind of having some discussions about that as well. Right. You know? And where are some of your favorite, like, real lines from Shenmue 1 and 2? Mm. It's funny. Um, you know, people would think that I get tired of uh, some of these, you know, funny lines that, uh, that people even ask me to say or to repeat or whatever. But I just don't. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just, I, I think it's great that people love it so much. And I, I just don't get... I don't get tired of any of the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love all those funny, quirky lines mm-hmm. that people always talk about. You know, th- they'll make jokes uh, about me online all the time about looking for sailors. Or <laughs> and you know, this one, one thing that's really be kind, of, kind of become my catchphrase that when I'm doing videos and stuff like that is, um, is let's get sweaty. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've done that on the end of many of my videos mm-hmm. and I do that I'll, I'll write that when I'm uh, when I'm doing autographs mm-hmm. sometimes I'll even put that let's get sweaty <laughs> <laughs> because that's just I don't know it's just weird and funny and uh, yeah. that's just one that I remember and people always laugh when I say that so <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite lines but um, what's also great about it too is that Yu Suzuki puts in a lot of You know, 
the the things that he says and does in in the game really give you a sense of um, uh, so the the nobility the nobility of the characters right like his father and of Hazuki uh, real Hazuki without having to be too uh, you know cinematic or not too it's almost I almost feel like. When he's saying things or doing things, he's talking about family, duty, responsibility, friendship, mm -hmm. um, those things without having to be too pretentious with the lines, you know right. what I mean? When you hear some of these uh, simple phrases like, you know, something simple, like keep those, uh, the ones that you love close to you, mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's like, that's that's something that a father would say to their son. And you think like, yeah, those, those, those types of lines... Um, mean have a have a have a deeper meaning and you think like okay well, well what really is important in life you know is it is it uh, the things that we accumulate no is it the things that uh, we accomplish at work no it's really our friends and family those are the things that we should keep close you know something something as simple as that statement mm -hmm. it's not like shakespeare or mm -hmm. anything but at the same time it that simple state statements like that are are um uh, you know, can if you think about it, really hits you on a on a deeper level. You know, and you, and you think, well, what is really important in life? Friends, family. That's that's it. You know. So as Hazuki goes on in his quest, and there are a few of them, of course, mm -hmm. Shin three as well. Um, he starts to really kind of find in his life um, that which is important. So, there's, we'll see more of that too in, in Shinra 3. Awesome. Yeah, yeah speaking of that, I was, I was telling Nicole earlier, like, a long time ago before YouTube, I found like a Rio soundboard mm -hmm. where they click, click on sounds and someone will use it to crank call people using your, mm -hmm. using your voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, Terry. I'm like, Man, it was, let's get sweaty was one of them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, I think the Terry one, I saw that one. That one was like Terry's tires or something like that. <laughs> And the guys were like, uh, uh, all the mixes that he had was like, where's Terry? Who's this? I'm the old what, what do you need Terry for? I need to ask him something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so great. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and um, there was another guy, too, who actually dressed up like Hazuki and went into the park and started talking to people. Oh, my goodness. Like, like, yes. Yeah, real Hazuki, right? Yeah, and yeah. like, um, I need to ask you about that man. And they're like, hey, what? Yeah, what are you talking about? It's like, um, did you see a black car that day? It's like, I'm trying to revenge my father. Yeah. Like, Whoa, man, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned working with Yu Suzuki, um, and he's basically regarded as like one of the most celebrated game creators of our time. What was it like working with him, like such a legend, um, yeah. then and now? Yeah. Um, well, it's great. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm a, a, a gamer myself. You know, I love games. I play games. I've played his games. I've loved them. So, um, <sighs> When you're, when you have the, the pleasure of being uh, an actor, a voice actor, or whatever, and you get to work on those projects, it's really great that you can meet the people that you so deeply respect. You know, 
um, and really just be and just tell them like on a, on a more personal level because a lot of times when when you meet somebody uh, impersonally you're like oh hey thank you so much I really love your stuff can I get your autograph you know whatever it's it's you know it's nice to get that kind of uh, positive feedback as an actor or as a director or whatever but when you get to spend time with somebody and you actually kind of develop a friendship uh, you know it really something like that I don't know it's definitely on a deeper level because again you can you can really say like um, yeah I really respect your work and this is why or um, it had a profound effect on me and this is why you know mm -hmm. actually that's one reason why I like the internet nowadays too because people can send me messages mm -hmm. and and uh, if it's direct message or whatever I've had some people send me emails because a lot of times back in the day people would just be like oh hey Shimon means so much to me and you're like oh awesome dude that's really great but then you know that's that's all you really have but mm -hmm. but people have told me how much Shenmue has affected them and I've told Yu Suzuki this too and I've, and I've had time to tell him that which is great because if we spend several hours together I'd be like wow okay so this guy sent me this email and told me this mm -hmm. um, told me that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of examples here uh, one of them was this guy was on a long path in life and he was kind of lost he didn't know where he was going and maybe things weren't going so well for him for some reason he started playing Shenmue and it really changed his life in a positive way he's uh, he's no longer you know, now that he's, now that Shenmue has affected him that way, he's he's older, he has a family, he's no longer depressed, He's uh, has a great job, that kind of thing, you know. Another person told me that they went on a, um, a, a, a Shenmue trip, right? Mm -hmm. They went to Japan, they visited the locations in uh, Yokosuka or wherever, and then they took a trip to China to actually follow the path of Shenmue mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, and then when I got to some of the smaller villages that uh, something like that really changed my life because now I um, am living full time in China, teaching young children in these rural villages, um, uh, educating them and teaching them English, teaching them uh, uh, all of their school studies that they maybe well, probably wouldn't have the opportunity before because they didn't have the facility, they didn't have the teachers, they didn't have... And so this this person, because of Shinmu, is now bringing up the next generation of young children and teaching them, um, and they wouldn't have the opportunity to do that before. And when I hear stuff like that, you know, it's like, wow, that is really... It's so interesting that a game, a video game, mm -hmm. can have that kind of impact on people, and I hear these stories all the time. And I, and I had the opportunity to tell you, Suzuki, some of these stories. And I, you know, that something like that means a lot to me, you know. Um, telling him that I, that, I, that I love his work and I love his game is, is one thing, but, I, you know, it's like sharing some of the stories that we have been told about how his game has literally changed the world mm -hmm. in, in a positive manner is, is priceless. You know, I, 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 I really love that. Okay. So, what are your favorite? Some of your favorite scenes from the Shenmue games? Mm. Favorite scenes. Good question. Um. 
you know, I suppose it's it's easy. It's it's a really easy one because I'm I'm going I'm flashing through all the different scenes, but the one that I keep coming back to, of course, is the opening scene of mm. the first game because that's when you first have that impact of what Shinmu is, mm-hmm. right? Um, Shinmu back in the day was already, you know, really different. So when you first got that opening scene, you've met all of the characters, your father dies in the first scene, and then you realize that you have to, what, what are these mirrors? You have to go on this revenge quest. You have to find out what's happening. Um, I, I, for me, it's, it's really easy, and it comes back to that first scene because that, that's when you realize, like, oh, okay, yeah, this game's a, this game's a little different, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then of course, immediately after that, when you end up in his room and you can like open up all the drawers <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing? Why am I spending, you know, 30 minutes opening up drawers and stuff? Um, so Shinbu is a little bit, a little bit different. Like, uh, when you have your cinematic scene, right. And then you, you kind of have to get directions to your next cinematic scene. A lot of, a lot of times, um, you know, especially back in the day, you had this kind of path that you were supposed to be on and you couldn't really veer off the path. Um, so, yeah, you're from one cinematic scene to the next cinematic scene and all you're trying to do is get to the next scene. So that, I remember that being a little bit different. But, yeah, it has to be that first scene because that's, that's when, like, everything happens all at once and you realize that this character's life has changed forever. It sets him on this course immediately. So, and that's when, and I talk, and I actually, I spoke about that line, you know, those keep your friends, those who you love, mm-hmm. those to you. That's when he says that line too, right? Mm-hmm. So, he has this tremendous loss and this quest that happens all at once. Um, and at first you think, oh, I need to just go find out where this guy is. And of course, once uh, one and two really start to uh, evolve, you realize that it's much bigger than just that, that there is a lot of you know, destiny and uh, maybe some magic involved and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to play a beta version of Shenmue 3? Mm-mm. Nothing? <laughs> um, I had, I, I, no, well, no, I did get a chance to play the unfinished version, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. when uh, Yu Suzuki came here for a while. Um, I, I don't know if I could really call that a beta version, mm-hmm. um, because he had it on his uh, on his laptop, mm-hmm. uh, hooked up to the the game control, and there was a lot of like computer language and all that kind of stuff happening mm-hmm. uh, on the screen. I did. Uh, so I got a chance to run around. I got to be in the village. Um, we were really kind of discussing a lot about texture and lighting and, uh, you know, stuff like mud and puddles and all that kind of stuff. So we were really talking a lot about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to go. Did I? No. I didn't get a chance to go and interact with any other characters or do any kind of fighting or anything like that. I remember we were just talking about 
uh, a lot about the, the changes and stuff like that. You know, a lot of the stuff that's common today, when you step in the mud, your footprint stays right. there. Right. <laughs> um, you know, your, your footprint fills with water, all that kind of stuff, those mm-hmm. things we were talking about. Um, so I did get to kind of like run around the world a bit uh, when uh, Yu Suzuki was here. So that was nice. That was cool. Um, and then when uh, this last E3, uh, yeah, of course, I got to go up and sp- speak to Yu Suzuki. We spent a lot of time together. Um, and I, I played the, uh, the demo version up there. So I got to play that version that a lot of the uh, media got to play. Right. I know you're under, you probably under strict NDA, but is there anything about Shenmue 3 you could share with us? And what do you say is the biggest difference between Shenmue 2 and 3? Um, is there anything I can share with you? <laughs> um, no, I don't think I can. Sorry. No problem. Uh, other than the things that you already know, right? Uh, people talk about legacy characters coming back. Um, the uh, we know it's gonna. Um, there's, you know, there's new characters. Uh, it's taking place there in Bailu Village. People know about that. Um, we will see a lot more of Shenhua this time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would be. I just, I just kind of thought myself because they, they are, they are spending so much time together. I thought how great it would be if we could actually play Hazuki or Shenhong. Shenhong, that'd be awesome. Mm. Let's see if we can get that in the future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for right? right? But uh, yeah, the, the the two of them are spending a lot of time together uh, in this game. I think probably people know that too. Um, so uh, you get to see a lot more of her, a lot more of her character, her voice, a lot more of her story. Um, and uh, what else? Trying to, again, trying, can't, can't give anything away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, people, people, should, uh, people should play it because again, it's a continuation of the story, things that we've been mysteries that we've been wanting to, to know. Uh, we're getting some answers uh, to those. Um, and uh, uh, anybody who has played one and two, I think will be pretty satisfied with uh, how the games are, are progressing. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. And the biggest difference between two and three, um, you know, again, um, Oh, so this is something that I've been kind of talking to people about. People were like, is it going to be, I don't know, people people were thinking that it might be something like Red Dead or something, right? Where it's completely open and you can go anywhere and do anything and change your fate and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no this is still Shenmue. You know, you, uh, so people who have played one and two are going to be familiar with how three is played. You know what I mean? There's a lot of modern games today that are just, uh, you know, they're just they're just different, um, and those games are are there because they're on the back of Shenmue. You know what I mean? Shenmue was really big, really open, really wide, and the games that we have today are because of Shenmue, right? But Shenmue didn't go, you know what I mean, to the to the next level 
they still wanted it to be um, what people are familiar with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, it's going to be the same type of gameplay. Um, so I, I, I hope that people uh, know that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's still it's still Shenmue. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I can say. It's it's not like it's going to be tremendously different. You know. Um, things that I've seen. Oh, you know, it's interesting. People were talking about some of the combat. I did see one combat that uh, somebody was complaining about it. Um, but when I when I played the demo, I ended up. Uh, there were two different people that you could that you could fight. There's there's the bookie with the scar on his face that people uh, know about that character, and then there's the uh, kung fu master in the temple that you can go and train. And and one guy was complaining about the combat with the kung fu master. And I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a little weird, I don't know. But when I when I fought the the bookie with the scar on his face, one thing I was really impressed about was the was the uh, combat. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, back in the day, it was just a little bit more difficult to, to, to get it smooth. It was blocky. It was when one character moves in front of the other, the, and then there's a leg kick or something like that. The whole whole character has to move out of the way. So it was, you know, it was it was great for what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. But when I played uh, the demo version and I was playing, uh, I was fighting the bookie with the scar on his face. That's one thing that I said. I was like, oh, wow, combat is really great. Uh, combat is, you know, like a modern game. It's uh, at least the experience that I had. I thought like, wow, when he. When he throws that elbow, you know, the, the contact between the face and the elbow is great and the characters are moving uh, perfectly with each other and the impact was great. When when the character did get hit, the, the, the gravity was on par and, um, I mean, that's that's the, the experience I had. Um, so combat is definitely different and better. Uh, but... Yeah, again, um, it, it is going to be what people are familiar with and wanted to. Mm. So people should look should look forward to that. Awesome. Um, so what is your biggest hope for Shenmue 3 then, um, as it's nearing its release? Biggest hope? Um, well, I want, um, as I was kind of talking about before, uh, similarities between one and two and three. I hope that the people who played the game before are going to be happy and satisfied with uh, Shenmue 3 because they're like, oh, it's a continuation of the story, the game that I know and love and trust and want to keep going with the story. I, I hope that the, the old players are satisfied with that. And I hope that the new players who uh, are going to experience uh, Shenmue for the first time, uh, hopefully they get one and two, to uh, to play through, uh, can play three, and uh, as I mentioned before, how uh, the, the great games that we have today have piggybacked on um, on Shenmue, and are we we are where we are today because of games like Shenmue. I hope that people who are new to Shenmue and want to play three, of course, play one and two, and then three. It's kind of like. Um, I don't know. It's almost like uh, it's like playing a, a piece of history, mm -hmm. you know. I hope that those people can um, love Shenmue for for what it is. Um, that it's it's uh, it's a game about you know characters. It's a game about 
um, life and uh, you know emotional struggles and where he wants to go in life. So it's not it's not like it's you know I, I try to make this analogy sometimes with movies. And I say, um, Shenmu is like a, a a movie that is going to win an Oscar or a Golden Globe or something like that because it's great, but not everybody's going to go and watch it. You know what I mean? When it comes to Avengers Endgame, everybody's going to watch that. It's going to make a trillion dollars. Everybody's going to be so happy, and 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 everybody's going to get paid so much money and. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shinju is not Avengers Endgame. You know what right. I mean? It's not huge and explosive and you know tons of combat and explosions and you know it's not all that. Mm-hmm. What it is is it's it's that it's that smaller film that's kind of like an Academy Award winning movie that people are like, oh, what is that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, maybe we should go watch that because whatever people liked it and they thought it was uh, interesting story or good characters or it was brilliantly written or the cinematography was excellent so sometimes maybe even people don't even know about that movie until it gets Oscar buzz or whatever and so they'll go back and maybe watch it because they there is so much um, talk about it so that's kind of like the hope that I have for uh, new players of Shenmue 3 that since there is so much buzz that they can that they can pay attention to a game like Shenmue and be like, oh, oh, I see. Where you know, again, like I said, where where we are today is because of games like Shenmue. So I hope that those people can kind of enjoy that for what it is. Hmm. I I kind of agree with that sentiment. I think that the thing that like that makes Shenmue kind of really different and what makes it like the cult classic that it is mm-hmm. is just like little things that other games are just kind of building off of like one of the things I think still really distinguishes the game is just how how much detail goes into like all the little things in the game like just looking at like one item or talking to a singular character yeah. like in any other game it's like okay they're just an NPC they'll say like a line or two right. but then like in this game like if you talk to someone you might get their whole life story right yeah right yeah and um, yeah, I know I've told this before too, uh, but for anybody who hasn't known this, when I got to Japan, and I'm assuming they're still doing this now, but when I got there, um, they gave me all of the characters, and this is everybody, vendors, school children, uh, and main characters as well. They give you, uh, they, they had a whole booklet full of characters that had their names, their occupation, their oh blood gosh. type, their blood type, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And a small history on, you know, who they were or why they feel a certain way. They had a little paragraph of every character, and I mean everybody. So, yeah, this person is friends with uh, Hazuki's dad, so, oh, they're on more friendly terms mm-hmm. or something like that, you know what I mean? That Those kinds of things were written down um, in a whole booklet. And I remember they did the same thing for one and two, and I'm assuming they're doing the same thing with three. So that that's the kind of detail that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, it's just, it's just unheard of. Yeah. People just don't do that. Yeah. So... Definitely. Here's a random question. Yeah. If, you, if you can't wait, hang out with Rio, Rio, where would you take him? Oh, if we were hanging out here in LA? Yeah, anywhere you are. <laughs> where, would you, where would you take Rio? Uh, well, we'd have to go to the park together and spar, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he'd have to teach me the tornado kick or something like that. Um, no, but he's, he's, yeah, he's a very, he's a very uh, reflective character, right? So we would have to, uh, um, we would go visit the, uh, over in the, uh, on the coast, we would visit the, uh, the Korean Bell of Peace and maybe we would have, we would have a moment of uh, reflection when we talk about his dad. And then, uh, maybe we'd go down to the beach and, uh, we would, uh, as the waves were coming in, we would, uh, practice our stance to make sure that, uh, we have good balance <laughs> as the waves crash over us. Very nice. You'd have to take his leather jacket off, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and you both get very sweaty. Yes. Yes, let's get sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at the Kickstarter that pushed Shenmue 3 into development, um, it appears that you've committed yourself to participating in the rewards tier. Yeah. And that yeah. you will be um, creating a personal message for the larger backers. Mm -hmm. How did that decision come about happening? Um, uh, oh, nice. It was... Uh, yeah, it was actually a decision that was made on the other end, um, and of course they asked me if I would agree to it. I said, yeah, yeah absolutely. I love kind of I love doing that thing anyway. You know, I love interacting with the fans. I love giving them something personal. Um, I'm, I'm I try to be very uh, hands on. Um, so the decision uh, for that was I think it was just like oh well, what can we do? Or what can we give them? As as yeah, as, so uh, really a, 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 as some sort of reward tier, right? And um, so how that came about, I'm not sure, but I think it's so, because uh, a lot of you know it's interesting. A lot of people have asked me for that sort of thing in the past, um, and I'm not sure if that's common. But I've heard of people doing those kinds of things before, like right, like I've even heard of. Uh, <laughs> I think people loved it when uh, Liam Neeson uh, called up um, his co-star's ex-boyfriend or something like that and uh, left a message on his machine about how he was going to come and find him and gonna, was going to kill him. All that kind of stuff, right? So I, I don't, uh, people really find that kind of stuff hilarious mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and fun. So probably there was a lot of, a lot of that. Um, and since... Uh, you can get the character of Hazuki to be on your phone or whatever the case is, leaving a message. I think is uh, is, is pretty great. I really look forward to doing that. We haven't. Uh, I can. I, I I can say that we haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope that uh, it turns out turns out great because I'm I, I can't wait to do it. Yeah, we can only imagine what kind of interesting requests you're gonna get. Right. <laughs> Um, I hope, yeah. You know, another thing too, I hope that we can we, we can work with the recipient to kind of get a, a, a personal message that they want, mm -hmm. uh, but also maybe work with the script writers to get, you know, mm -hmm. something that Hazuki would say or right. something like that. That'd, that'd be cool. We'll see what kind of collaboration comes out of that. Right. So you mentioned you're a gamer. What kind of games do you like to play? Oh, you know, um, um, you know, believe it or not, right now I'm still playing. Um, I'm, uh, I'm still playing God of War. Um, I'm actually replaying uh, Shenmue with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, she, you know, she, we haven't played that mm -hmm. yet. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I still find myself going back old school. Back in the, like, 80s and 90s type games, I saw that they had uh, Final Fantasy... 
um, well, six, or what we had here well, it was three, um, that they had it on uh, on app download, and I was this close to downloading it. I still think I might, mm -hmm. because something like that brings back a lot of uh, nostalgia, you know? Um, but I play them all. Like, uh, I'm about to get uh, the, the prequel to, to Red Dead, I just mentioned that. Mm -hmm. um, that's gonna be my next game I'm gonna pick up. You know, the games that I really like to play though, uh, Typically, who I am as a gamer, I love epic fantasies, swords and sorcery, that kind of thing. That's why I love Final Fantasy so much, mm -hmm. um, because it's something like that is right up my alley, you know? Um, I love any game like that. So, um, but oh, no, you know, another thing too, actually, that kind of fits into sword and sorcery. I love any Star Wars game. Mm. Um, it's This is also an older game. But uh, a game that I that I really loved playing was uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm, yes, I knew it. I knew it's it. It's classic. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, um, something like that really uh, just gets my gets me flowing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Gets my heart going. Mm. So those, are, as as a personality, those are the type of games that I really that I really enjoy. Awesome. Um, so you have this large body of work spanning the last two decades, but it appears that Shenmue is like the front and center piece for you with everything that you do. Why is that? Um, because that's what it keeps coming back to. You know, all the stuff that I did, like I said, I do live theater and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff too. I do, I do um, on screen stuff, but it all comes back to that. People who contact me the most, the people who are the most rabid fans, are Shenmue fans. So that's what I that's what I deal with all day every day on the internet. It's just somebody who wants a quote or somebody who wants me to say something or somebody who who makes a who makes a little comment about sailors or whatever, right? <laughs> um, and the people that I meet on the street, uh, if I'm sometimes I mean I'll be in a restaurant and meet somebody and like, oh, Corey Marshall, Shinbu means everything to me. Mm -hmm. It's always Shinbu, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so. So. That's why it is like the biggest thing in my life, and I think it's because of the fans. And we all know, um, because the fans are so rabid, because they tried so hard over the years to get Shenmue 3 made, um, it's really their fandom, their dedication to the game that has is why we are where we are today. This is why we're sitting down to the interview today is because of, of mm. these fans, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I remember um, before it was announced, uh, Shenmue 500K was talking about taking out um, the ad across the street. Uh, there was a, oh, one of the highway signs uh -huh. that uh, advertises. They were gonna take out an advertisement that said, you know, um, something about bringing back Shenmue 3, mm -hmm. they were going to take out that particular one because it faced the the uh, the Staples Center or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll be able to see it all day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing is, is that Yu um, Suzuki Yu Suzuki loves uh, Shenmue because it's kind of like his, his child in a way, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's something that he's... Uh, loved and cultivated and worked on for so long but at the same time like you know who who wants to leave a major company like Sega 
venture off on your own on a project that is quite frankly a risk mm -hmm. you know what I mean he's gonna he's gonna put his reputation his money his time I mean we're talking like major you know uh, 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 step in his life mm -hmm. and go for Shenmue 3 I mean why would you do that the thing is is that it's because he himself has also been inundated all day, every day, by fans and people in the industry and, you know, you and me about Shinmu 3 all the time. So he's like, damn it, I just, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I, he probably, I, I don't know, I haven't really had a chance to talk to him about this specifically, but I almost feel like he didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, that's it. I'm going to go off and do it on my own. The first thing I'm going to do is Shinmu 3. Wow. <laughs> you know so I think that's what it is it's just because everybody always talks about it to him to me that's why it always keeps coming up and that's why it's the main main focus of uh, my life so gotcha cool besides uh, martial arts and games what are your what are your hobbies um well I'm I Okay. Well, okay, now I gotta talk about myself. <laughs> um, well, I'm a big reader. I read all the time. I love mm. books. Um, again, you know, uh, uh, um, I love classics. You know, right now I'm reading uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, okay. mm. I'm also reading, um, oh, um, uh, I, Again, fantasy books and stuff like that. I'm reading The Princess of Mars, A Princess of Mars. Um, you know something I really love too are Conan books. <laughs> Apparently, me and Obama love Conan, um, and I don't know why. Because uh, you know, if you read the books, he is uh, he is a barbarian, right? Mm -hmm. He's he's I don't know. He he is a he is a conqueror or destroyer, mm -hmm. but for some reason. Um, I love how it's written. I love the stories. I love, um, it's what they call low fantasy. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, you almost have <coughs> your normal people and then suddenly something weird happens, something magical or some, some brute or beast shows or, or sorcerer shows or something like that. And that's the unusual part. Un unlike, you know, Lord of the Rings, which I also love, mm -hmm. um, where magic and sorcery and elves are an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Conan's different where it's like, Oh, that is the weird thing. That is the, that is the the bad guy or that is the problem or whatever anyway it's just a different way of writing things mm. I enjoy that too cool. um I I love a lot of history and science um I read a lot about um war strategy um battlefield tactics and that kind of thing but I also read a lot about history uh, as far as anything, you know, one thing that I want to get more into is American history because I realize I'm reading so much about European or even Roman or Egyptian and that kind of stuff. Um, and I know a, I know a fair amount of American history, but I think that might be my next step, getting into that and knowing a lot more about that, especially with the political situation that we are in today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about politics, and I talk about politics online. Um, so I know a lot about what current stuff that's going on, and I know, you know, I know a fair amount. 
of past, a lot of things that happened in the 60s and, st- and then, of course, in the 1700s. But I think I want to get more into that. Um, I also read a lot about science. Uh, I love... Oh, in fact, I was watching even on uh, YouTube just last night about uh, quantum uh, quantum computing and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I really... Uh, science really fascinates me a lot, so I, I spend a lot of time um, gaining knowledge on that. Um, but as far as physical things, I love anything physical, you know what I mean? Uh, you mentioned martial arts, yeah, I do, I do that, but... You know, other martial arts, sword play, fencing, those kinds of things I do. Uh, but even something as uh, fun as uh, rock climbing, you know what I mean? Even even just, uh, oh, early this week, uh, me and my daughter went uh, rock climbing at an indoor rock climbing gym. Nice. Hmm. Uh, um, um, what else? Yeah, anything physical, I always try to keep myself... Uh, I always try to keep aware of my body. Um, I think there's a well, there is. It's, it's scientifically proven there's a there's a strong link between the mind and the body. Mm-hmm. And a healthy healthy body keeps us a healthy mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to exercise uh, both my body and my brain. Um, and I love. I, I don't um, accumulate things in life. Um, some people might call me a minimalist because I basically wear the same thing every day. I don't really buy things or collect things. Um, but what I do is that I travel, I eat, and I spend time with my family. You know what I mean? The dream. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I make, I make plenty of money. I suppose I could make a lot more if I wanted to go out bust my ass every day and uh, you know audition 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 and get different parts and all that kind of stuff yeah I really could in fact um, uh, I know several people and I've contemplated it before uh, is actually even going into producing because I have a, I've had the opportunity to do that I've done that in the past and I could do that again in the future because I know that I could get in uh, in fact I know a guy who works uh, with uh, Amazon Prime that I know I could go walk in tomorrow and be uh, his assistant. Uh, But when I look at his life, he doesn't have time, he doesn't have a family, doesn't have a wife or kids. And when we see him at holidays, you know, sometimes he's only there for an hour because he's like, oh, I gotta go work. Like, dude, it's Thanksgiving. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're filming this thing and I gotta go do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing this late night tonight. And uh, he's like, I only have a couple hours off. And, oh, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, when I see that, I'm thinking, he's doing awesome work. He's doing huge projects, some of the biggest projects that you can name on Amazon Prime right now. But I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that life. And, um, when I was young, I hustled all the time. I got work. I was always, I was work, I was working one job in the day, working another job at night. Like I was, I was filming during the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I would work at the LA Opera at night, um, doing stage work or, or doing um, what they call supernumerary work, right? So instead of me singing opera, because I don't know how to sing opera, mm-hmm. I was, I was the soldier or something like that that had to do the, the fighting or something. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that when when I was young and I didn't have a family, that's what I was doing all the time. I was always working. Uh, and that's anybody who wants to get into uh, into the business. That's what I recommend. A never turn down work, and and do multiple things. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't have to be you don't have to be a waiter or a waitress or something. You know, like you you can you can work. I think probably the most main uh, mundane or pedestrian thing that I've ever did was I worked for uh, a delivery company called Entertainment Delivery Group. But they, because they were Entertainment Delivery Group, they they delivered to every studio, to every, um, to actors and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's like I would know where where people lived. I would mm-hmm. know how to get into the studios. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I knew where everything was. That's probably the most pedestrian thing that I've ever worked. And that was one of, that's one of the first jobs I did when I got here. Mm-hmm. And that taught me a lot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I recommend that if anybody ever, ever wants to be an actor, it's just, a, it's, it's just to always work in acting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Always, like if, if you, um, there's a lot of people, let's just say, you want to work in the industry, but um, oh, for example, voice actors. Well, they need engineers. Mm-hmm. So if you if you know that, or you can gain that skill into it, or you can work as uh, you know, you could work in production, or you could work on stage, like I do, you know, mm-hmm. or you could, you know, while you're auditioning and doing movies and all that kind of stuff. When I was when I was young, I was able to pay my rent and eat food and all that kind of stuff only working entertainment all the time, you know what I mean? But that's what I recommend for people. But, um, um, yeah, I, um, I decided to kind of, kind of ease up on that, to spend time with my daughter, because I, I, uh, you know, I mentioned that that's what's important to me. Mm You know, when I was still, in fact, uh, speaking of production, I was I was um, producing work. I was working for a company called Megatrend, and we were working for Capitol Records, mm-hmm. and we did um, we were uh, oh, do, uh, doing music videos and all that kind of stuff. Actually, we were making we were making film. Um, it's kind of it's, let's see how can I make this simple? Okay, so you remember how. I don't know how young you are, but back in the day, you would buy an album, Mm -hmm. right? And you would listen to the whole album from the back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People don't do that anymore. You buy singles. Singles, yeah. Right? And you listen to that one song. Maybe you don't even know what's on the other, what's on that album. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not even important. People don't even know those anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I worked with uh, Brett Leonard, who uh, directed Virtuosity, Longmore Man, um, you know, did stuff for IMAX and whatever. Mm-hmm. He he's he's old school, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember when I was a kid in the '70s. We used to put on the Black Album, and we used to listen to the whole thing, or we used to listen to Dark Side of the Moon, right? Like that was a story. So you put on Dark Side of the Moon, and you listen to the whole thing because he's telling you a story. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah." So his idea was like, "Well, we never do that anymore." So what he wanted to do was to take an artist's album mm-hmm. and put a film over the top of it. So, um, you would hear that person's music, and instead of that being just background music or whatever, that that music would, would kind of drive the story. Mm-hmm. You would hear the lyrics. You would know what's going on. You know, if she's talking about, you know, her parents, or if she's talking about, you know, her breakup or her romance or whatever. That 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 kind of like 
brought forth the story. So we would put a story over the top of her album or his or her album. And that, that's that's what we were doing. Anyway, fun project, that's why I mention it. Um, but that was about the time that my daughter was born and uh, my wife started sending me videos of her um, starting to talk, you know? So she started to say things like mama and papa. And then, you know, she would show me videos of her pulling herself up and starting to stand. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm missing that. Because I would have to leave so early in the morning that they were both still asleep. And by the time I got home, my daughter, Katana, was asleep. So I didn't even get a chance to see her or talk to her or play with her or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, mm, I don't, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money I'm making. I don't care how you know, great the work is I'm doing. Forget it. I mean, that's, not, that's not what I'm going to do. So um, I would say if you're asking what do, I, what do I do or who I am personally, really the the biggest and the greatest thing that I've ever done is be a dad to my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's awesome now that Katana's older. I'm able to do Shenmue 3. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, you know, even just, uh, she's 10 years old now. So, um, you know, you know, nine or eight or nine years ago, I made that decision like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to like cool it. I'm not going to do so much. I'm going to do some projects here and there. I'm going to make a little extra money, but I'm not going to. I'm not gonna miss my daughter mm-hmm. because I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna wake up one day she's gonna be in college and I'm gonna be like what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, in fact I was talking to some of my uh, I was talking to a director and a voiceover artist yesterday mm-hmm. about this exact same thing and I said you know there there are a lot of people who like probably one of the most famous examples I can think of is Elon Musk right? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad he's here mm-hmm. he's doing some really great things but his personal life is just trashed you know yeah. what I mean? he's like on his third or fourth wife now his mm-hmm. kids don't even know him and like again dude i'm glad you're here but i don't yeah. want that to be me yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. i want to what's more important to me is is my family so, right if you're asking who i am yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, 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 is a dad to my daughter gotcha um, so what's next after Shenmue? Um, now you mentioned that now that Katana is yeah. older, um, you're probably a little bit more flexible. So what's yeah. going to happen next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I just need to kind of um, get back into it again. You know what I mean? Um, there's the possible. You know, I, I kind of feel the pull to do some more on on camera stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I kind of like that process. Mm-hmm. But man, voiceover so easy so great <laughs> you know it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter you know what you wear it doesn't matter you know you can go in there and do your character and you're only in there for a few hours get paid good money you know what I mean? yeah um i really do love voiceovers so a lot of my friends are voiceover people so i think it'll probably be just a matter of time before i just start doing that again mm-hmm. i'd like to i'd like to stick where i had done before i did i did japanese anime you know translation from mm-hmm. from japanese to to english and video games i think as far as voiceover is concerned that's where i'd like to be you know it's funny um some voice artists don't go in between the two there mm-hmm. there's a bit of uh, i don't know i don't know not, not rivalry um I don't know. Like, yeah, some 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 uh, voiceover artists wouldn't do video games, and some video game artists wouldn't do wouldn't do uh, wouldn't do anime. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why that is because I love and do both. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do both. But I know I know several people do. Anyway, it's just kind of a weird thing. But that's where I'd like to stay. Uh, I'd like to do both of those. Um, as far as I'm, I'm kind of stuff, I don't know. I'm a little older now. I got a big old beard. <laughs> I guess I'll, uh, I could probably do some more character work. That's uh, that's probably where I am today. I'm a little bit older as well, so can't can't be that leading man anymore. I can be dad. I'll be dad. Yeah, leading dad. <laughs> right. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, I do feel a bit of a pull doing on-camera stuff again. We'll see. We'll see. I might, I might get into that again. We'll, we'll see. We'll I think see it's possible. Goes. I really think it's possible. I think that with how diverse um, people are pushing, like, on-screen stuff, like, mm-hmm. where they want to see representation, mm-hmm. um, ages, um, backgrounds, everything, um, I think that's, you have a good chance. Oh, okay. You'd be a good, we could be a really good cowboy for that look right now. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I think like oh should I should I should I trim down the beard to get a normal beard I'm like no 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 I'll be that one weird guy that comes in and like whoa the guy with the huge stash and the <laughs> so me yeah I think I think it's probably best for me to to do something you know that other guy that you know the guy that looked a little bit different or whatever right so we'll see it's memorable yeah right. yeah um so you're a self-proclaimed burger fanatic mm. what's the what's the best burger you ever had mm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, it's like asking, what's your favorite dog? What's your favorite cat? <laughs> or if you have a bunch of kids, which which one is your favorite kid? <laughs> um, let's see. Was it Umami Burger? Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a there's there's a place in Culver City called A Frame that has a really good burger. Mm. Um, my wife searched the. It's, it's funny. I, I kind of forget sometimes because my wife searches these places out because it's like whenever there's a Father's Day or mm-hmm. or my birthday or something like that. She's like, oh, I found this really great burger place for you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I think it was Umami Burger that I had not too long ago that I remember being just a really fantastic burger. Um, but stay tuned. I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep you informed because <laughs> it's because it's, it's it's kind of like a you know I keep going on all these different searches and uh, I don't know sometimes it's kind of like the next burger I have is the best burger. I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye out for that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> 